I'm Michelle Ely from the Starling Tribune, an Arrow TV show fan podcast, part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other amazing geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. Stand by for a brand new episode of All Things Good and Nerdy. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to episode 383 of the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast. This is recorded live on Sunday, December 1st, 2019. We do have a full crew here for now-ish. The one and only Anthony Bachman's here, of course. That's right, bitches. I'm here. And then we're going to see if uh, Willie Nelson can power through. He's not feeling so good, so uh, (laughs) say kind words to Willie, chat room. Oh, I hope they do. Uh, Today, this is Willie the Broken. Willie the Broken. <laughs> yeah, it looks like, Willie, uh, you look like you got a hell of a flu or a cold or something coming on. I want to say it hit on, like, really fast. I was driving home, felt all right. And then I was just really, actually, I was really cold on the way home. I had that heat blasting in the vehicle. Oh, seat warmers were going. The steering wheel warmer was going. Steering it felt wheel warmers nice. are delightful, by the way. I uh, just, my new car has that, and I love it. Mm. Uh, and let me explain it like this, because uh, someone said I explained it in the most beautiful way possible. Ooh. The steering wheel warmer, it doesn't get too hot. Uh, you know how when you're sleeping with someone and they get up uh, to go use the restroom or get up in the morning and then you move over to their side of the bed? It's that kind of warmth. Nice. And you had the heated yeah. seats running in here, so you were cocooned by heat? Oh, yeah. Then I got out and I came in. I, bond- I turned on the heat on high in here, put on two layers of, uh, of covers and... Sat in my uh, recliner chair and reclined, and then I was, you know, I was having seizures because I couldn't stop shaking. It's not a seizure, dude. I know. He did have the shit. I wasn't sure, though, because I don't know. I was like, oh, is this, is this a seizure? I can't move. So what I'm shivering, des- and I can't move. What you're move. describing, at least in the pre-show, now where you had lots of shivers and, like, chills and then sweats and things like that, it sounds like you might have the flu. Yeah, I hope so, yeah. Well, hopefully someone can bring me some uh, NyQuil. That'd be That's so good. I can just is, knock do, out. Do you have any like cold medicine or flu medicine here. or anything? Uh, do you have anyone who's within driving distance that could bring it to you? Yes. Well, you might want to so, suggest yeah. that they ding dong ditch it at your front door. Just ring the doorbell and run, so that if you do have the flu, you don't <laughs> contaminate them. There you go. Just drop it off. Sure. <laughs> well he's like i don't have the energy to fight with these guys right now what was the name of that band that had the song i am the broken man i don't remember that much i, I have no idea start with an s was it was that saliva? narrows it down i am the broken man is what it was yep it was slayer it was not slayer Rhett Walker band had well i don't know nope Never heard of that. There is Broken Man by Simply Red, where they say, now I'm a broken Mm -hmm. man, now I'm a broken man. There's also a Panic at the Disco song. I I have no idea. It could be a lot of different things. Uh, I can't remember the song. Yeah, I'm just getting all the stuff you got. No, some band started with an S. I remember it was like in the 2000s, middle 2000s, late 2000s. Slipknot? No, that was the early 90s, or late 90s. If it was Slipknot, it'd be hella hard too yep all right keep on going i'll figure this out i just closed the tab i was trying <laughs> to i said i'm of... gonna look i know i said you guys continue talking about something i'll look it up i'm just trying to think of every band i can think of that starts with an s 
<laughs> well, while Willie's looking that up, uh, did you all have a delightful Thanksgiving? Was much turkey consumed and uh, other things that we shouldn't eat in copious amounts like sweets and pies? Indeed. I do. Sweets, pies, two plates of turkey and mashed potatoes and stuffing last night at my buddy's house for a late Thanksgiving. So I had two Thanksgivings. We did our tradition of putting the turkey out on the grill with mesquite charcoal and basically mesquite charcoal grilling it. Oh, it was nice. delightful. That dark meat gets such a good flavor with that mesquite charcoal on it. It was delightful. It's my pro tip to you all is mesquite smoke your, your turkeys. You'll love it. So a mesquite smoked turkey, how does the does it dry the meat at all? No, it was really good. Oh, man. The stuffing inside picked up a bit of that mesquite smoke flavor, too. It's good times. Good times. Nice. Now I just want to go upstairs and eat my leftover turkey, I'll be honest. <laughs> leftover turkey, tis the season. Tis the season. I have a turkey tenderloin I need to make this week, too. It's going to be turkey all over the place in this house. Willie, have you had any luck on your uh, on your songs there? Still looking. Well, we, we were hoping you'd have some more there because <laughs> cause I'm running out of fluff to start the show with once you guys have some other fluff suggestions. Well, you can't, be, you can't just rely on me to have a good conversation in the beginning of the show. Not today. You guys got this. <laughs> yeah, we're having turkey talk. How about this? Turkey talk. Uh, yes or no? Cranberry sauce from a can. I prefer mine in the jellied can format. However, my dad prefers the fresh-made cranberry sauce. All right, here we're gonna figure this out. Sabaton? No. Sade? Saga? Saliva? Salt so I'm thinking with saliva, but I'm looking at it. I'm just now looking at saliva. I literally just found a list of every band that starts with an S. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I'm not 100 percent of this. Broken but. Sunday. Sick Puppies. Silverstein. Silverchair. Spin Doctors. Splashdown. Spine Shank. Dusty Springfield. Rick Springfield. Bruce Springsteen. Stabbing Westward. Stampeders. The Standards. Sir Mix a Lot. Cisco. They all start with S. <laughs> was it oh, man, I hope you know. I stopped Sunday? listening to you. That was the Savage lyrics. Garden. Seether. That's who it was. Seether. Broken. It's just called Broken. It's called okay, Just Broken. Is. Yes. Yeah. Okay. The word Broken. Seether. Aha. Yes. And one it. version of it was a duet with Amy Lee from Evanescence. <laughs> they did a version ah. that way. And she has See, a I thought I knew that song. They, no, I don't think it was Broken. I think that was just him by himself. No, there's two I versions. Think I know this. They, they redid it. There's a second version yeah. that is him with a duet. Maybe I'm thinking of a Lee. different song. Because I know oh. they were dating for a bit and they did a song together. Well, we're not going to spend the rest of the show looking up the song that you think you might be thinking of. Oh, I stopped. <laughs> you guys need me on the front lines, apparently. You're here to keep us uh, witty and weird. I was prepared to do 45 minutes on Turkey Talk. I know what you're talking about, Willie. Well, how, how come you go? didn't do it? I had to come up with a, su- a subject. Because Chris was checking on you to make sure right, you didn't about die while looking up an S-letter band. How about this? <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Turkey. Overrated Thanksgiving food. Ham is better. Ham's a Christmas. And you're wrong. I'm not wrong. Ham is always dry. I don't like it. Blah. I'm pretty sure you just said that sentence wrong. Yeah, I mean, think you meant to say Blah. turkey was always dry. I think you meant you to say turkey. Always dry. Well, I'm sick. All yes, right. I know. That's why I was Give me a break. I was Turkey's always ham. greasy and not always well cooked. You guys aren't cooking it the right uh, way, then. That's really what it comes I didn't down. cook it. Man, turkey's the best, but it's one of the... One of the reasons it's the best because you only have it once a year. I mean, the better thing <laughs> is she'd just be making a turducken. Boom. Just no. Madden style. You want some turducken? Yeah. Really? No. You don't want turducken? One of these years, I would like a turducken. Uh, but I definitely do not want to go through the hassle of making a turducken. Really? If you don't do you, like if you don't like dry turkey, why don't you just deep fry it? Do you want to see me throw up 
right on now. The podcast. Yeah, let's go. Yep. Talk about turducken, that monstrosity. You don't want a turducken, a duck inside a turkey? Oh, a turducken sided no, turkey. A chicken inside a duck inside a turkey. I'm sorry. I know what it is. It's disgusting. And yes, they always do the turkey fr- deep fried. Well, so I still don't like it. Dried it. out then. I don't know. It's not that good. It's turkey. The meat is just like that. Nope. The meat is delicious. And your ham boys and your wrong opinions. Look, there's Might as well be talking man of steel. There's nothing wrong with ham. It's just ham's more of a Christmas food than it is a Thanksgiving food. Ham is a year-round delicacy. You can have a ham with Thanksgiving if you want. But turkey is the traditional meat. Ham is just boring. Turkey's awesome. Ham's not boring. You put a nice brown sugar glaze on it. It's delightful. Mm. And then you can make yourself leftover Put it inside ham a roll. and Swiss cheese sandwiches. Ooh, yeah. Put it in a roll and heat that up. Mm, yeah. You can make a ham and Swiss sandwich with a little honey mustard on it. That the was next day. That's the best thing about Thanksgiving is the leftover sandwiches. Well, you know what you do to make that sandwich delightful, right? You get some cheese, you get some turkey, you shred it up, and then you get that jellied cranberry sauce and you put it on that sandwich. Ooh, buddy. Not with turkey. Yeah, yeah, and then you can also make Mail. a grilled cheese version of that too, and it's delightful. That's Ooh. that's good eats. You that make a grilled good. cheese with that cranberry sauce inside. Woohoo! Damn it! Now I'm hungry, Chris. Yeah. Good. Willie, uh, the chat room would like you know that cooking is like sex. You only get out of it what you put into it. <laughs> Fair. Fair indeed. Well, you were looking for more, but remember, I'm Willie the Broken. Willie the Broken. Well. Willie the Broken is here today, though. And uh, we'll have him here to help us as we roll on in to the news of the week. Ugh. Live from the ATGN studios on uh, the internet, it's the news of the week. Welcome to the news of the week. It's that part of the show where we run down what is in our minds some of the most interesting, geeky, and or nerdy news to have popped up here in the past week and share it with you guys who are watching live or listening at a later date. And I'm sure there's all sorts of crazy fun news out there. But yeah, I've been living under a rock this week. So the news I'm going to have is just funny to me, but probably not like highly informative news. <laughs> so you guys okay with a little bit of funny, but not necessarily highly informative news? Of course. So they're start- if, if you have to. Uh, if I have to. So they're starting to make the rounds, the press rounds that is, for Star Wars Episode Nine: Rise of Skywalker. They've been on Good Morning America, all sorts of press junkets as they put the first trailers out. Well, this week, as part of that press tour, J.J. Abrams revealed that an actor had, ha- had accidentally leaked the script for Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. And he said, yeah, I, I don't want to name who did it. Uh, what did he say? And Good Morning America, he said, one of our actors, I'm not going to say which one, I want to, but I won't, left the script under their bed. <laughs> and it was found by someone who's cleaning their place. It eventually made its way onto eBay, but they managed to get it back before it sold and its secrets got out. So I guess the first take here is, okay, almost all of the secrets of Star Wars Episode Nine could have leaked. It's a J.J. Abrams movie, so it'll be a bunch of secrets that looks and sounds stupid probably because all of the twists in Abrams movies lately are not great. And that's All the Jedi are in purgatory. <laughs> I, I don't know. That was me putting some editorial comment in there, but I feel like most of the time when J.J. promises a twist... Uh, let's go back to Star Trek Into Darkness. It's not Khan. It's not Khan. It's Khan. Instead of killing <laughs> Spock, we kill Captain Kirk. Look how smart we are. So I don't Quentin really Tarantino's feel... Star Trek's going to be Khan again? Well, we don't know what it's going to be, but it would be kind of cool if it was. Oh, you're talking about the old one. Yeah, yeah. Into Darkness. I'm broken. The second J.J. Abrams one. But we did also find out who it was that was responsible for leaking the script. John Boyega copped to being the actor in question. He said, it was me. But wait, wait. Let me tell you how it went down. 
What happened was it was actually from my apartment. I was moving apartments and I left my script under my bed. I was just like, you know what? I'm going to leave it under my bed. When I wake up in the morning, I'll take it and I'll move. But then my boys came over and we started partying a little bit. And then the script just stayed there. And then like a few weeks later, the cleaner comes in, finds the script and puts it on eBay for like 65 pounds. The person didn't actually know the true value. Yeah, they didn't. And I actually thought <laughs> this is a great opportunity for fans to read the movie before they see it. Maybe I'm on to something. He joked before then saying it was scary, man. I got calls from every official. Even Mickey Mouse called me up. I was like, what did you do? But it all worked <laughs> out in the end. So it, it's a funny interview. John Boyega is a delight. Whenever he does interviews, you can tell he's genuinely excited about being in a Star Wars set of movies. He's he's awesome. I really like John Boyega. But this is hilarious to me that the script almost got out of that way in such a simple manner. And that it got put up on eBay for 65 pounds before someone from Disney found it and actually bought it before it could go out and make the rounds. Could you imagine what would have happened if like they put up on Twitter, hey, I've got this thing that looks like the Star Wars script. The offers yeah. they would have gotten and how quickly this all would have leaked. It would have been five to six figures almost instantly if it was if someone could prove that it was the real script a month before the movie comes out. Some collector would have easily dropped 10 grand on that. But the other thing, if you want to get uh, all conspiracy theory, is there's a lot of rumors they did a lot of reshoots and re-edited the end together based off the fact that presumably the original ending didn't test very well. So the question would be, which version of the Star Wars Episode Nine script would this have been? I don't know. And Sailor Poland's in the chat room coming up with the same idea, saying which script. There are at least six different endings, and they reshot most of it twice. So you and I are on the same wavelength here, Sailor Poland. But in all fairness, just having one of them, it's still going to give away some of the stuff in the movie. Because, yeah, the script I have for Jason X isn't what ended up being the final film. But I still have an original version of the script signed by Kane Hodder, and I fucking love it. And it's fun to read. Oh, I don't doubt that. (laughs) I think it would be interesting if after the fact they put out actual script versions of it. I think one of the most interesting things that happened was for, like, The Dark Knight when they put it up for Academy Award consideration. They actually released the script on their website. So you could go read the script of The Dark Knight if you wanted that was really cool. Yeah, I don't know if they do it anymore. I think on the oldest universe boards, they used to have, I think Kevin Smith used to keep all of his scripts up there. That'd be or After he finished a movie and put it out, he would put up the entire script as it was written. And I mean, and most of his, like, because it's all dialogue, like the dialogue is almost, you know, all there. Yeah, see, so here's, see how movie scripts are written is kind of cool. So here's a little story of uh, Young Willie. I used to read, like, scripts and unproduced scripts a lot. And I read clerks before even knowing what jane silent bob was and i still didn't realize oh wait this is the script i wrote after watching it because i was dumb <laughs> I, what i'm hearing here is you have a uh, future in script writing ahead of you potentially you should relocate to hollywood and become a professional script writer because you're an expert on what's going into them this could be your new career willie you could be the script doctor script doctor willie or or not I don't think he's got the energy to be a script doctor. I don't think he has the energy either. I have barely enough energy to hold up this microphone. Bob Barker style. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. I guess the good thing is, for John Boyega's sake, that they did catch the script before it got out there because it doesn't matter what kind of role you're supposed to play in the movie. If you're responsible for leaking the script to what is arguably supposed to be the biggest Star Wars movie to wrap up the trilogy, you're probably going to get in a little bit of trouble. Yeah, and especially since all scripts now are freaking um, watermarked with the actor's name of them. Mm-hmm. It, would be so, inter- it, it would be interesting just all in all because of how, I'm trying to think of the best way to put this, how contentious Last Jedi was going into Rise of Skywalker. You've got a fan base that's fractured, let's put it that way at best. 
And it would have been very interesting to see what would have happened when that script came out. And then you had those two factions kind of breaking down. Here's why it's good. Here's why it's bad. But not being able to agree because some people love Last Jedi. Some people hate it. But you can't find any middle ground where people are like, eh, it's all right. It, it did what it needed to do to move things on. Like some people just mm-hmm. can't let go of the fact they didn't like it. And they're the ones that like harass Ryan Johnson online and stuff like that or harass Kelly Marie Tran. Those people are assholes. Ryan Johnson talked a little bit about that when he was doing the press tour for Knives Out, just about the the overly passionate, as the PC way of putting it, uh, Star Wars mm-hmm. fans that are out there versus, you know, what I call them, the ones that just want to shit all over Star Wars because they don't like what happened to it and still call themselves fans. Yeah, because it, it's not what it was when they were kids in the 70s, and so now they hate it. That They're will, all twats. I will say this, though, and maybe this is me just reading or just not noticing. I just realized, like yesterday, we're less than a month away from star wars coming out and it just seems like right now is when the mass hype and marketing machine has started to kick up you start seeing all the tv spots and inserting it and everything it's like they waited until after disney plus launched because they wanted to put all their marketing guru into people subscribing to that and then the star wars launch started like a couple weeks after disney plus came out am, am i just yeah. reading into it wrong or does anyone else notice that no because it's been less of a push because they haven't done like the push that we had for like force awakens that literally started six months ahead of time and there like wasn't a product in the store you couldn't buy that didn't have Star Wars on it. They had like you know mandarin oranges in bags that had you know Kylo Ren on them like for no did, damn reason. They did Force <laughs> Friday again this time for all the toys, but it wasn't like yeah. Force Awakens Force Friday where like people were actively hunting these toys. Like I don't know who this guy is, but I need Constable Zuvio or whatever who wasn't <laughs> even in the movie but was one of the toys that came out. So it, it's interesting in that regard, I guess. I don't know. Maybe I'm just used to the different or i expected a different kind of marketing hype because let's remember what it was like going in to say like infinity war and endgame and one would argue that the third part of the star wars trilogy should be on par when it comes to marketing like we were hearing about endgame for months before yeah. it came out like now granted we had trailer spots and stuff like that but it just seems like it hasn't been as as big a deal it seems like less of a push, and it seems like they pulled back a couple of million dollars on the advertising. I think they, it seems like they didn't do because I would swear that Force Awakens probably had a three to five hundred million dollar advertising campaign for that movie. Like you could not go anywhere and watch anything without seeing advertisements for Force Awakens. And then the Last Jedi was almost as big as a push, and both of them were months and months before the release of the film. And yeah, it's we're within a month of the next Star Wars, and yeah, the push does not seem as big. Like I watched football on Thursday and I don't remember seeing more than one trailer for uh, the rise of Skywalker. Well, I guess uh, SP was telling me he was watching college football yesterday and rise of Skywalker was everywhere on there. Like that's Mm. all they were doing was rise of Skywalker stuff. Maybe they're just picking and choosing where they're putting the advertising dollars this time instead of doing like a blanket across the market. I, I don't know. It's just, it's an interesting development. I don't know what's going on with it. It was more just an observation. I'm sure it will get spun by someone on the internet that this is Chris hating on Star Wars because they haven't spent enough money <laughs> on the commercials. I'm sure. And uh, for those that are watching live, you probably saw Willie drop off. Dude is feeling super sick. He's going back to bed. So uh, we'll see Willie next week. If you want to send some positive thoughts, tweet to him at South Porky and tell him to get better. And uh, hopefully if there's anyone near him, they can send him some flu medicine or something because it sure as hell looks like the flu. That's my guess, at least. But that's my news this week. Uh, what do you got for us, Bachman? I got a bunch of Dead by Daylight news. So Behavior did a week of uh, public test build on the new killer survivor. So we are getting uh, the Oni demon, 
who apparently was the demon that infected the father of the character that became the spirit when he murdered her. But instead of it being her dad, which a lot of people thought in the lead up to the release of, the, of showing the new killer, um, it ended up being the actual like demon instead of the dad. And so he's actually like an eight foot tall samurai with an Oni demon mask. And he's one of the coolest looking killers they've ever done. And then the survivor, I believe his name is Yuri, who has a, she's a, it's a female Japanese. Um, she looks like she rides a motorcycle in most of her outfits. A really cool design on her. Some strange perks. Not really sure how I like her perks yet, but the Oni has been super popular. There's a bunch of videos of it. Uh, Monto, Hybrid Panda, um, Puppers, all of them did videos of it, put it up on YouTube on the public test build. And they did this very cool thing where once he hits you, as you're running away from you, all survivors like leave blood trails on the ground. But for this killer, you actually leave like floating blood orbs. And then he follows them, absorbs those blood orbs, and that's what charges up his superpower. And he goes in he goes into like angry rage mode. He puts his katana away and he pulls out one of those giant it's like basically a huge baseball bat with like rivets on it. So it's like a big studded club of wood. I know there's an actual name for it, but I can't remember. But he then does a he can do speed running, and then what everybody has referred to as the bam bam, where he drops that club like two three times at the end of the charge, and it's literally set up to where like if there's three survivors there healing, you can run up and hit and knock down the entire group. It is crazy. They put a new map up for him, which the new map looks really cool. They did a, a crazy thing where there's a bunch of Buddha statues around the shrine in the map. And as the killer, like it showed when you're walking by, like all the statues will be facing one way. You can turn your camera and turn back. And when you do, all the statues will face you. And it's super creepy because then you can like walk up the stairs, turn your camera, turn back and all the statues are facing you again. And so, yeah, it's a creepy little tiny thing that they put on the map. That's just gorgeous. Like it's fantastic. And then um, on the live side over where we're actually playing on um, the, the live version of the game on the live servers, they did another update for the archives. The archives is the Dead by Daylight version of a battle pass. So they did a bunch of different challenges. You unlock uh, rift fragments to move up through the 70 levels of the battle pass. And they've been taking it to where instead of having the whole thing open, they've been opening it up in sequences. So it's divided into th uh, four levels. And they did uh, level one where most of the challenges were pretty easy. It was like, you know, like earn 20,000 blood points, you know, fix three generators. Master challenges were like, as the trapper, get two people to step into a trap in one match. You know, so stuff that was fairly simple. None of them were really hard. And then it, you know, went up level two was a little harder. Like it was get one, uh, I just say yoink, but get a grab on a character while they're in an action in the game, which isn't super easy. Like it's very specific to get something like that in the game, but it's doable. And it was, you know, do like 10 generators or do, you know, three generators in a match with a certain perk. So they were a little bit tougher, but they weren't insane. And then when they did the jump to level three, behavior was watching and there was instantly feedback online and on Twitter that it jumped up. It felt like instead of going from level one to two to three, it went from one to two to seven. The fucking challenges became insane. So they had ones like um, for doing unhooks of survivor. Like it was you know, on level one, it was like unhook three survivors. On level two, it was like unhook five survivors. On level three, it was unhook 25 survivors. Huh. Like... To get 25 unhooks, bare minimum, you're playing like 10 matches. That's like four to five hours. And that's right. to get one challenge done. 
And so, yeah, they they uh, the, they put out an article on the forums over a behavior and it says since the relief of Tome One Level Three earlier this week, we've been keeping an eye out for feedback regarding the difficulty of challenges. While we intended for challenges to get gradually more difficult, gradually, yeah, from one level to the next. Between your feedback and playing through the tome ourselves, this most recent level ended up being a little harder than we'd like, creating frustration for those who just want to complete the tome and rift. With this in mind, we decided to reduce the requirements for most level three challenges. So it's nice. Behavior was listening. Like they heard the the you know the community feedback. I mean, I talk a lot of shit about behavior, but at the same time, this is a game that's only been around for three years and like they've built a lot. So the good news is, is they went back through and they did like, uh, like the Liberator challenge, like the one I said where it was unhooked twenty five survivors. They lowered it; it's now unhooked ten, so much more doable. Uh, one was unhooked two survivors after the end game collapse has begun and must unhook them safely. It's almost impossible for a killer to get two people on hooks after the end game collapse stops, much less two other people be on hooks and you be able to save them. So they've lowered that down to one. Uh, Blind the Killer five times has been lowered down to four. Deplete eight keys is down to three, which that one wasn't bad. But yeah, this, they went back through and they they altered them. Uh, yeah, heal total of 15 health states has dropped to 10. Uh, kill the Sur- Obsession seven times is now four. Yeah, the one that I was doing was uh, damage a... Though this is They actually wrote this one wrong. Damage a generator or destroy a drop pallet was 60, and they dropped it to 40. And then now on the forum, it now says it was, drop, it was 40 and it's been dropped to 30. So I wonder if that one got changed again. Because, yeah, like kicking a generator and or destroying a pallet 60 times, like that's at least four matches, bare minimum. And that's if you can get around to every generator and kick it while it's being worked on and get the survivors to drop every pallet in the match. Because the survivors aren't guaranteed to drop a pallet on you unless you're right on them chasing them. So, yeah, the, 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 the ramping up of the challenges got way too high. But the good news was, yeah, behavior was listening. They went back. They made some changes. I ended up finishing, I think, two of the challenges yesterday. And so now I'm I'm very interested to see what the challenges are going to be on level four, because level four is the end of the battle pass. So I'm wondering if they're saying, OK, now in the level four ones, we're going to make them hard as fuck because there's nothing past this. So we might get that at the end or they might look at, you know, the the feedback they got in level three and go, maybe the level four shouldn't be quite as hard as we thought it should be either. But yeah. Lots of good stuff coming out from Dead by Daylight. They got, I think it's next week as we get uh, Oni and Yuri. So it's a new killer, and a lot of the a lot of the YouTube and Twitch streamers are saying like he's their favorite new killer to play when they played him on the public test build. So I have a feeling a whole bunch of us are going to be running away from the demon and trying not to bleed all over the place because yeah, it looks really creepy. There's just floating blood orbs all over the map, like it's so gross. <laughs> I will say kudos to that de- kudos to that dev team rather for going back in there and correcting something because when you have your fan base that is so universal like no this is not right we don't like it you kind of have to do that and yeah. they did what they needed to do there which was eat the crow and be like okay we're going to fix this to make it what you want yeah. and at the same time they're apparently going to nerf one of the fan favorite uh, perks that survivors use called balance landing where. There's uh, endurance perks as a survivor where like there's one that's a speed boost where you just run away real fast and then it takes 90 seconds to cool down. Uh, Balance Landing does the same type of thing where if you jump off of something, you get a little speed boost and then there's 90 seconds it cools down. But whenever you fall off of something as a survivor or a killer in Dead by Daylight, you get kind of stunned for a second and then you can start running. Balance Landing gets rid of that stun. But what they found out was that Balance Landing gets rid of that stun whether or not it's on cooldown. So people could do a loop and get away from a killer because every time a killer would fall off something following them, the killer would get the stun and not be able to run after them again. 
And so balanced landing basically had a bonus effect that it wasn't supposed to have. And now people are complaining because that's about to go away. So, yeah, they're, they're making some people happy, making others mad, which actually is perfect. In a game like this where it's asymmetrical, survivors versus killers, as long as everybody's angry, I think behavior is doing a pretty good job. <laughs> I don't think you're wrong there. And for those of you guys that are watching live, we had a couple minor hiccups here, but it's for a reason. Willie might not be able to be here. So we brought in some reinforcements from the chat room. You guys might remember from last week, the one and only Sailor Poland, a.k.a. Peter G., is joining us. Hey, what's poppin', people? How you doing? Look, it's Drunk Batman. <laughs> oh, the Willie frame is still here. <laughs> you don't tell me when I've had enough. Uh, that's right. Uh, only Alfred can tell me what to do. Bend <laughs> over, Batman. It's the poker. Because I'm Batman. <laughs> Did you say bend over Batman, it's the poker? Yep. <laughs> I, I don't want to watch that show. No. Uh-uh. That, I that's... can stop Superman with a bottle of aspirin and a three-pound cheese wheel. You just watch me. I just need prep time. <laughs> I don't care who Martha is. Oh, the bat god. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm uh, glad I could fill in for the, uh, on short notice like this. <laughs> Well, apparently you weren't doing anything anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Well, I was playing with, I was trying to put the finishing touches on my computer and it's giving problems again. So I'm like, eh, you know what? I need to walk away for a minute. So. Yeah. Yeah. Never, never good to play with tech when you're angry. Nope. Yeah. But yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. Fuck Apple again. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, shocking. Shocking. Yeah. It's, yeah, well, like I mean, like I said, I gave Microsoft shit for less than this, so it's like, no, nope, Apple's not getting a pass on this. And meanwhile, all my Linux machines are there, like, yeah, we're working fine, motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so normal for Linux, then? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's it, it's uh, my, uh, on Thanksgiving Day, I got a call from my dad. Apparently, he's having problems with his Mac. Something about it losing the passwords in that. And uh, you got to keep in mind uh, that my family dynamic is very questionable and they don't know about the cartoons and that because I have a very opportunistic family. My, I have NPDs across the board. So they don't know that I've been going on a crash course of figuring out how to make Max work again. And the last thing I wanted was my dad to say, oh, P, you can fix this. Because that was what the, the whole reason I put him on Max in the first place was. We'd been running Windows, and my parents had a tendency to just buy the weirdest shit they could find. Just thinking, oh, Pete will figure out how to make it work. And I'm like, ah, you know, oh, QCAT, why would I install this? I'll just sit here and pull my fucking hair out instead. And then you look like this when you're done. Yeah, well, and uh, when when they moved to XP, they were on XP for a while, and Dad was considering getting a new computer when Vista was coming out. I told him, you get Vista, you're on your own. <laughs> and I managed to talk him into getting a Mac. This was at the time the G4s. He loved it. He's now a Mac core. I call him Mac Daddy, and to the point where he will troll people in Best Buy if they don't carry Mac stuff. <laughs> one time, we're, one time we're there, and uh, he's and uh, he's asking people if they have uh, TurboTax for Mac. No, we don't carry that. And he goes off on the aisle troll. I'm like, Dad, he just works here. <laughs> Plus, you're embarrassing me, and you're being a dick. Do you have to do this? So it's just no, 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 no. So. But yeah, it's it's the Linux thing. At least that's working fine, and I can get everything from there. Plus, it doesn't have the T2 chip, so I can still do data recovery. So I'm a happy camper. Uh, well, happy-ish. As happy as you can get. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as happy as you can get uh, having to deal with tech that should work but doesn't. Okay, so uh, 
I did a quick search if you guys want a news of the week from me. Let's go for and, it. Uh, okay. This gets filed under why is nobody paying attention? So uh, DC's in trouble over my favorite writer, Frank Miller. Uh, <laughs> you got you got to keep in mind, I used to love Frank Miller. I used to think Frank Miller was an incredible writer. And he just went off the deep end. And we had, uh, and uh, everyone knows the story of Holy Terror, how it, how it's uh, how it's uh, how it's just a piece of work. Well, DC has apparently decided to bring Miller back to do another Dark Dark Knight story called The Golden Child, and now it's honking off people in China. And I'm like, really? You guys didn't see this coming? Oh. You guys really? This to happen. I Seriously. think I saw something on this this morning, and I didn't have enough time to dig into it all the way to see what it was. So I'm glad you have at least looked into it a little bit because this is going to be intriguing. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The the Batman shirt is a complete coincidence. Okay, so <laughs> let's see. DC stepped into the maelstrom of international pressure around Hong Kong protests with social media posts promoting the Dark Knight Returns: The Golden Child, and with their reaction after receiving criticism from Chinese social media for the posts. The original post used a graphic related to the cover picture of this article, an image in which a black-clad Batman is throwing a Molotov cocktail with the tagline, The Future is Young. Posts on Chinese social media found references to the Hong Kong protests in the image, including the Molotov cocktail, a weapon used by some in the protest. Uh, well, there's a reason for that. It's effective against tanks. That's the whole reason it was invented. The image of, bla- the image of black, a color worn by some protesters. I noticed some in there, so... Apparently, there's not a uniform color, so conceivably he could be wearing pink polka dots, and some of them would be wearing it. And the golden child of the title seemed to refer to the yellow used uh, for ribbons, umbrellas, and banners in Hong Kong protests in 2014, according to Variety. DC took down the post, leading to a reaction from U.S. social media users, accusing the company of buckling to Chinese pressure. Oh, come on. Just because they invest in your movie division, that doesn't mean you're beholden to them, right? Uh-huh. You know? I don't know what you're <laughs> talking about. Ha uh-huh. American Airlines and and Blizzard. There's times I dread being indie just because I need funds. But then I look at what you have to do to get those funds. And I'm like, oh, it's not such a bad thing. Um, consequences can be dire for funding China over the protests after a tweet by Houston Rockets GM Daryl uh, Morey supporting the protesters in October. China's suspended NBA broadcast player appearances were canceled and Chinese corporate partners in the NBA canceled or suspended deals, according to CNBC. The first issue of Dark Knight Returns: The Golden Child is scheduled for release December 11th. So we've got a, we've got a couple of weeks before we find out who Frank Miller is going to piss off next. And it's it's just uh, it's just you look at it and it's like what did you think was going to happen? You know, not even if we leave aside Frank Miller and his political leanings, when you post something like that specifically about a chi- specifically about about China, you have to expect blowback and you have to be ready for it. So the DC saying, oh, we're surprised by this. I'm like, point line. You either knew it was going to happen or you're stupid. In this day and age, there's no getting away from it. Or they just didn't care at first. And then it's more of, oh, crap. After the fact, we realize this is poor decision on our part because yeah. now everyone's stirred up. and We've put ourselves in the middle of a political maelstrom. Yeah, the, There's an old Polish proverb that says, when you're kicking over an anthill, do it fast, do it right, or you're going to get stuck and the little buggers will eat you alive. And <laughs> DC did not do it right. Yeah. Wait, DC screwed up again? I'm surprised. If, yeah, I, I think it was like, oh man, the Batawang, that was such a horrible thing. Oh, here, check this out and see what we're going to do next. 
I still have that issue. It's a, it's it's tucked away in the, in mylar, but I've got one. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Guys at the comic shop were a little embarrassed as I came up. I just I want the fucking J. Jesus. Apparently that was not the right thing to say at that particular moment, but yeah. hey, what do I know? <laughs> I guess it depends who else is in the store. <laughs> I, I at least did a circuit to make sure there were no kids in there. That's I, good. Yeah, well, then you could. Then who cares? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I made sure the content was marked not for kids so that I didn't violate Coppa. So I'm all right. <laughs> Freaking Coppa! I gotta mark that every week now. Whenever I upload <laughs> videos, and I upload two to three videos a week. Dude, just mark the channel as as for adults and not for kids. Well, I don't run the channel, so I don't want to. I don't want to overstep for Steven. And we're the only basically not for kids show on the channel. But there's there's (laughs) nothing on the channel made directly for kids, though. There's things that kids can watch. But it's not like we're saying this is this is gonna geek for kids this week where we do a podcast. It's all geared towards tech toys and stuff that children would like or something like that. So that's (laughs) the difference there. Yeah, they're just they're just all family friendly. We are fucking not. Yeah. So uh, so yeah. DC uh, has gone back to Frank Miller. Well, I would I wouldn't want to anyway, just because Frank Miller has just been. I mean, everyone has their political beliefs, and I try not to shit on them mostly because for the most part, it's just a difference of opinion. But Miller has shown himself to really have. Questionable conclusions. Yes, I understand that it happened with 9-11. That would mess anybody up. But we're talking about a guy who went from from a guy who embraced other cultures and found them interesting and found them fascinating to a complete xenophobe who has no problem walling off entire sections of humanity just because of that. It's like it's there's a reason why uh, C2E2, I think, had Frank Miller as a guest one time, and I just kind of stayed away. Yeah, you know, there's people who like trolling people that they don't like. I just want to, I just want to be left alone. And it's like, you know what? You just do your thing. I'll be over here, whatever. Well, and especially with someone like him, where it's an icon, it's a little different. Because let's be honest, Frank Miller gets a pass mm. forever because he wrote The Dark Knight Returns. Mm. He wrote Ronan, old school mm. Frank Miller, the the man without fear. Like, there's a reason he is who he is and has the sass he has. A little older, a little crazier, a little more, you know, set in his ways. Frank Miller now isn't what Frank Miller was, but eh, he's still the guy that wrote The Dark Knight Returns. Like, no, it's, <laughs> it, uh, yeah. it, it's like it's like William Shatner. William Shatner. Everybody I've talked to that's had to work with William Shatner says he is a total douche, but he's Captain Kirk, so everyone kind of overlooks that, and it's. Eh. Yeah, it, it, you just you just wonder sometimes. Sometimes you really think people ought to have you know, at least better priorities. You know, in Poland, there's actually a movement among the youth uh, of the current generation to have Roman Polanski extradited to the U.S. because they're sick of him. Mm. I'm okay with that. Oh, I am too, but it's just that it's like, you know, you know, you know I'm proud of my country, but, oh my God, you, you have to defend Roman Polanski? Really? I know I, I know we Poles have an inferiority complex that, that comes with you know pretty much every country in Europe jamming their square butt plug into us. But I mean there's some things you take pride in, some things where it's like, yeah, we'll uh, we'll pass on that. You know, we have brilliant people. Axel Rose is part Polish, Marie Curie. Instead, we get the guy who created Esperanza and Roman Polanski. God. Wait, did you say Axel Rose? Yeah, 
Axl Rose is actually part Polish. <laughs> I don't know if that's helping your cause. No. <laughs> Have you seen I, the last time he put on spandex shorts and went out on a stage? I'm not sure if that's helping your cause. <laughs> oh, sweet piles of pie. <laughs> now that I want, boy do like him some pie. Now I want pie, damn it. Yeah, well, I, I, I was never a Guns N' Roses fan anyway. I, this is uh, back in high school when Guns N' Roses was hitting big and I was into my jazz face. So a lot oh. of it just really passed me by. <laughs> And it's like, I couldn't really say anything because it's like, uh, I don't have to worry about that stuff with what I listen to. And then I'm like, yeah, Peter, come on. Like, there's never been a sex scandal in jazz before. So, yeah, never. Well, I mean, between, yeah, junior high and high school, I was around when Guns N' Roses hit it big. And yeah, that, that they, they were important for a while. Like, they made some hellacious music. Plus, I mean, Axl Rose or not, like, Slash on guitar is still Slash on guitar. And that shit's well, amazing. Well, it's, well, first of all, you know that, uh, you know that uh, he hated Sweet Child of Mine, right? That's usually how it happens. Whatever song you don't like is the one that ends up becoming the popular one. Right. No, no. What happened was that opening guitar riff, he was just tuning his guitar and Axl Rose told him, we got to make a song about things like you're kidding, right? It was, <laughs> it was just a warm up exercise and Rose managed to spin into an entire song and it drove him up the wall because as far as he was concerned, that never should have worked. Well, but, I mean, and what is it? Uh, is it? No, it's in a. I can't. I don't think it's that song. I think it's "Welcome to the Gentle World." When Axl Rose actually sings the "Where do we go now? Where do we go now?" part, that yeah, was because they couldn't figure out lyrics to put in that section, and then those became the lyrics. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. That was uh, "Sweet Child of Mine." Also, basically, okay, that, yeah. that song was just was just like a almost a free form improv. It, it yeah, it's a work. giant accident, and it worked. <laughs> yeah, it, it can work. "American Woman" by the Guess Who. That was an accident, also. But it, it, the, uh, the, uh, the guitarist had snapped some strings. He re- he restrung it, and that was just a. And the opening riff was just him trying to tune up the guitar. They did it. On, they were doing it on stage, and the crowd was going nuts. They're like, "We got something here!" And they <laughs> improvised a song out of it. And nice. once they got off stage, they're like, "We got to do something with this." <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> we recorded that. <laughs> uh, you got that right. So I got that. And, and some of the most interesting things happen on. I mean, Portal. Portal was a complete accident. Portal was not supposed to happen at all. Uh, that, uh, you, did you jump to video games? Yeah, or is there a band called Portal? Because yeah, video games these there's, days, <laughs> there, there, there's probably a band called Portal. But no, I'm talking about the video game. Uh, the people who created it, they were working at they were working at Digipen, or not working at. They were students at Digipen, and Gabe Newell had come by as one of those. You know, here's a guy from the industry. Uh, you know, to, you know, to give you advice and stuff like that. And they created a game called Narbacular Drop, where you were a princess trying to save a kingdom. And they approached it from the standpoint of a princess is not trained in war, so what can she use? And they came up with the idea of the portals. She could create portals and use them to steer things around. And Newell saw what they were working on. He said, what's this? And they explained it. They explained how they got the code to work, how they got the perspectives and the portals to, to mirror and everything like that. He's like, oh, okay. He went right outside, got on the phone, said, yeah, suspend, suspend production. I know what our next project is. I'm bringing some people in, and we're, and we're doing this. And basically, they had jobs before they even graduated from DigiPen because of it. But nice. yeah, that, yeah, that was just a complete, that was a program exercise they were working on. And it became one of the biggest games of all time. So you and never a fun know. fun one, too. Portal was yeah. fun. <laughs> well, it's not just fun. Of all the video games I've played, GLaDOS is probably the best video game villain I've ever faced. When, you, when I defeated her, I got a real sense of accomplishment. <laughs> you know, but her, her and Wheatley both. When when I finally won, it was like I did it. 
you know, this was the biggest challenge and I somehow pulled it off. You, I don't feel that with a lot of games. A lot of games, you know, you're just outweighing out the enemy. Or in the case of like the first Gears of War, you're just paying attention to the environment and, and no one else is. Uh, towards the end of Gears of War, there's an enemy with a cloak made of krill. And this thing absorbs, it, it's a damage sponge. It will take you forever to, to knock this thing off. So you have to outlast it for a phenomenally long time or somehow get around him and get to the machine gun nest behind him. Well, early in the game, uh, when you're first starting out, there's a device. Wait, is that on the train? I think so, yeah. It's yeah, I never fucking got past that part. You're going to kick yourself when you hear this. <laughs> I thing. fucking hated that game. Yeah. Early, <laughs> early in the game, as you're, as you're meeting your teammates and getting ready, there's a device called a torque bow. And they make sure you see it, because if you walk by it, your teammates will actually stop the game and point out, hey, did you see this over here? And I'm playing it, and I'm having trouble with the guy, and I'm like, well, wait, because the torque bow can one-shot boomers. And I'm like, well, let's see what happens. I take the torque bow, fire it once, Cloak of Krill is gone, and he's completely vulnerable. I wiped him out with nice. regular weapons. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's just, well, wait a minute, let's try this. Oh, shit, it works. <laughs> Yeah, game design can be very, very interesting. You're not just playing the game, you're playing the designers and trying to outthink what they came up with. And that's part of what, and like I said, that was what made Portal so amazing to me was that this was, it wasn't just a test of reflexes. You weren't outlasting the enemy. You actually had to figure out what was going on. And I just thought it was brilliant. To this day, Portal has a a warm place in my heart. Portal was a good one. Yeah. There's no I still think the biggest accomplishment I ever felt was when I finally beat Bowser the first time. Nothing wrong with that either. Like being like 11 years old and finally actually finishing Mario Brothers. Like I was so fucking stoked. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yeah, yeah. It's it. It really kind of depends on uh, well on the game you're playing. You got to keep in mind I was never much of a Mario Brothers fan. I enjoyed the games, but they just didn't grab me. I was a Sonic the Hedgehog guy just because of, you know, it's like you just keep moving. You know, mm. I, couldn't, I couldn't tell you why, but Mario just never quite grabbed me the way Sonic did. But that's just my taste. Hey, Mario and there. Old School Contra, those were my games. Like, those oh, were God. massively my games when I was a kid. I oh. loved all the Marios. I played the hell out of every side scroll in Mario. Oh, God. Contra. Yeah. Bend over and fight the pillow. He's going in dry. Oh, wow. <laughs> That was one of the things I loved about Shattered Soldier. 30 lives, that's all you get. Good luck. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that's uh, that's my little contribution to the news of the week. That and all the memes going around about Baby Yoda. (laughs) Oh. The memes are everywhere. Who isn't uh, caught up on The Mandalorian here? uh, I'm not bothering to watch it, so go ahead. Chris, have you seen episode four? I watched episode four. Yeah, the introduction of Cara Dune. With Gina Carano playing the role. Gina Carano kicks so much ass, and I love that. Like, like she got like she got bigger after she stopped cutting weight for fighting, and now it seems like she's at a happy, healthy like weight, and like that is just a big badass woman. Like she is so much fun to watch her tossing dudes around because she is like I mean people don't remember, but she was basically the first Ronda Rousey. She was the first really good fighter that also happened to be really attractive. So like sponsors and stuff wanted to fucking be part of her career. And like she got a lot of the mixed martial arts stuff started for women that led to people like Ronda Rousey having massive careers. But Gina Carano has been kicking ass for a long time. And yeah, seeing her join the Star Wars universe as a badass force trooper like that was just such a fun episode. Uh, so uh, so we can, so those of us who are cynical can now call the Mandalorian woke trash now. Is that right? Yes, of course. 
Okay. Uh, there was already a meme online where someone made fun of it because they, it's um, this episode was basically uh, Seven Samurai or the Magnificent Seven. A village gets attacked. They hire mercenaries to defend themselves. It's the Mandalorian and Cara Dune defending a village. They try to teach the village how to fight. I mean, you know, it's, it's a story that's been done over and over and over in every form of entertainment. But it is done really well because it's fucking Dave Filoni, and this episode was directed by Bryce Dallas Howard, and it's in the world that Jay, uh, John Favreau created, so it's just fucking awesome. But they ask the village who here knows how to fire a gun, and the mom of one of the girls is the only one that raises their hand. So people are already online like, oh, it just happens to be the only person knows how to shoot a gun as a woman. It's like, Shut the fuck I up. I wonder if she was involved in armor. the rebellion or something like that. That's what they I think she was. At. Yeah. <laughs> And it seemed like uh, that, that was like a good character trait, but of course it's the internet. So people just bitch. Right. Yeah. Well, I've, I've been going around to, I've been basically giving myself a challenge. Anything that I see TV or anything like that, find some way to call it woke trash and, and like blazing sounds. It's like, well, we have a black character who's suddenly better than everybody around him who just happens to be white. Woke trash. <laughs> <laughs> which is which? Well, that was my favorite to do because so many people show that as an example of how uh, how great it is to be on PC, and I just spun it around and made it as PC as you can get. There you go. I, was, I love watching everybody go at each other, but uh, yeah, the Baby Yoda thing with it with Disney ramping up the merchandise. I got a picture of uh, of uh, inside the Disney factory, and it's a scene from uh, the second uh, Star Wars prequel where Obi Wan is being led through the clone factory and. 200,000 units are ready and another million are on their way. And I'm like, yeah, that's Disney. All right. <laughs> there you go. Like, that it, seems it, fitting. <laughs> it's it, it's like, uh, I don't, how much are you Jay Ward fans by any chance? What fans? Of what? Jay Ward. Uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle. Uh, oh, George yeah. And the yeah. In one of his Tom Slick cartoons, uh, Tom Slick, who's an auto racer, he, he gets the wrong map and he and his crew wind up outside California. It's like, are you sure that's California? There's a sign that says, keep our state green and golden. Bring money. Yeah, that's California, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I love Jay Ward. Jay Ward was a genius. Oh, man. But, but, but yeah, with all the Yoda merch that's coming. And I saw another one, a picture, you know, when you have the same mommy, it's a picture of baby Yoda, but different daddies. It's a picture of, of Gizmo from Gremlins. I uh, see. The one I loved was it showed Yoda and the... Um... The female gremlin from Gremlins 2, and it's a bunch of back and forth, and it's the lyrics from Billie Jean. It says, it's not my kid. <laughs> and it's, it was done in Yoda speak. It's like, the, the child is not mine. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, Yoda, we know what you did, man. We know what you did. <laughs> hey, 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 he's got needs just like the rest of us. That's 900 years worth. I mean, he's an old dude. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I was talking on the Coder channel one time, and the subject of mathematics was up, and I was trying to describe reverse Polish notation. And I said, well, it's where you have the two things that you're doing something with first, and then you describe the action you're taking. Was, ah, kind of like the way Yoda talks. I'm like, yeah, yeah. There you go. Oh, that reminds me. I have to go grab something to show for what we're into. I'll be right back. Oh, right. That, that's <laughs> ominous. I'm only a little scared right now as he said that. Uh, he, he, yeah, remember, you marked this as not for kids. That's true. We should always have this marked as not for kids. <laughs> I guess it's, it, it's like it's like when I was talking when uh, Cope was going down, I said South Park should just mark their whole channel as not for kids, because the day South Park does something that is genuinely all ages, 
get your money and spend it quick because the world is coming to an end. The thing that baffles me is South Park. They're great at making fun. They make fun of everything. That's what they're famous for. And oh yeah. How much people are giving them crap for making fun of, uh, there was an episode like two weeks ago where they had a Brandy Savage analog. That was a trans woman that was winning all of these women's athletic events. And they're like, South Park is transphobic. I'm like, South Park makes fun of everything. They're not really making a statement of any yeah. of their own beliefs here. Miss, Mrs. Carmen is a hermaphrodite. Yeah. It's, it's canon. Mrs. Carmen yes. is a hermaphrodite. We've had Mr. Garrison and all the stuff he's done. We've had the Crack Baby Olympics. And this is the thing that people think yeah. they've gone over the line this, on. This is the really? one where people are like, South Park is terrible. I'm like, oh, guys, <laughs> they make fun of everyone. Yeah. If they didn't make fun of you, that would be the bigger problem because then they don't think you're fair game to make fun of something. Yep. It's been 23 years and now you're upset. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, and they offend everybody. Like, that's, like, their goal. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's if you look around, it's hard to find. I know that there that there's a bootleg that got skimmed and put on YouTube, but there's a documentary called Six Days to Air. And it is amazing because literally they don't have the show planned out in advance. Yeah, you know, they're crazy the way they work. Yeah, they're it's insane. nuts. Yeah, Trey Parker says at one point, there's an episode of South Park this Wednesday and we don't know what it is. And you follow their creative process as they brainstorm and try and come up with it and try and get the episode animated in six days. And it is just amazing to watch. And it, it's like, yeah, they've been doing this for 23 years. They've been pissing people off. And that's and they flat out state it's like that's what they do. Their whole thing is to find the most inappropriate thing possible. And the clip they showed is where Kyle, because he violated the iTunes terms of service, has to form a human centipede. Yes. Oh yeah, the human centipede <laughs> iTunes. I believed you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bad, bad ethics stereotypes and everything. Bad gay stereotypes, you name it, it's in there. And this is where they get upset. It's like really. Yeah. Well, and because they do it within a six-day period on every episode, they are the freshest when it comes to animation. No other animation, no other cartoon can reflect the current society of what's happening that week. They can yeah. literally cover something that happened that weekend and have it in an episode on Wednesday. Like, it's the insane Ellie, how quick their turnaround is. The Ellie and Gonzalez thing, they admitted they were actually rewriting it as it went because things were popping up in the news that week as they were doing the episode, and they had to keep changing things. <laughs> right. There's only one show I know of that tried it. It was a show called This Just In. It ran on Spike TV. And it's like, oh, we're going to use uh, Flash Animation so that we can reflect things that are currently going on. But only the opening one minute of it reflected anything going on. It was just a guy sitting at a bar talking about things that's in the news. You know, mm. The rest of the episode, you could tell, was pre-planned and pre-animated. So it's like, yeah, interesting gimmick, but I see the seams. I know what you guys are doing. South Park, the whole episode is done on the fly. So you have to respect that. Oh, yeah. And that's self-imposed, too. <laughs> They're like, yeah, we just make better content by doing it that way. It's more timely, things like that. And that's the problem, though, is you'll see something like during their off season, you're like, oh, man, I can't wait for South Park to rip on this. You're like, oh, wait, South Park's not going to rip on this because yeah. it's not timely <laughs> enough by the time. It's going to be ready. three months later. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I said, they're they're amazing. I don't know how they do it. I know I probably wouldn't be in a surviving an environment like that. But then again, I'm my own kind of crazy. So uh, I I did a I did a, a short cartoon yesterday. I woke up and I was just annoyed. Uh, it's on my channel now. It's called Black Friday Explained, 
And it starts off with this reporter talking to a guy outside a store. And he said, so you want to tell me why you're here outside a store waiting for it to open instead of being with your family on Thanksgiving? And you see the guy flashing back to turkey on fire, relatives fighting, babies crying because it's the biggest spit bargains of the year. Can I ask you the same question? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, part of me is te- part of me is tempted because every year it gets worse and worse. I'm almost tempted to do, to do an animated movie about Black Friday, showing it as a war. <laughs> it's one of those things. The thought just flipped through my head, but the more I come back to it, the more it's like. You know, I think I got something here. I think I can make this work. You know, jingle all the way, but it doesn't suck and it's not as commercialized. So, yay. <laughs> oh, it's jingle all the way. Oh, that was such a disappointment. I'm like, I, I hate how Disney movies and family movies and stuff, they attempt to they attempt to shut things down and show them as satirical. But in reality, they're actually reinforcing uh, they're, they're reinforcing the group thing. Christmas with the Cranks is a perfect example with Tim Allen and Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, where this family decides they're going to go on vacation instead of celebrating Christmas with the neighborhood and the neighborhood rebels and makes them bad, uh, makes them the bad guys in that. And it's like most people, if you say I'm going uh, on a cruise for Christmas, are just like, okay, they don't care. And Dan Aykroyd, yeah, Dan Aykroyd at one point has a speech. This is to remind us that Christmas is about togetherness. I'm like, you have bullied two people. And chance, and they even say the tickets are not refundable, just because of your values. No, no, no. And it's just, a, it's just a movie that. Oh, it's supposed to, you know, promote togetherness and doing things for your neighbors. But in reality, it's promoting basically tyranny, oppression, and terrorism, just on a social scale, in, and uh, uh, with with suburban conformity rather than anything big. And it's like no. You know, Disney's Hercules, which was basically a validation of their marketing machine. It's like, oh. <laughs> you, you wonder how people can be so caught up in a message and be so tone deaf uh, yeah. when, it, when it comes to actual execution. It just boggles my mind at times. You know, you're like, did anybody bother to proofread the shooting script for this before you started? Uh, they did not. Apparently, yeah. Okay, I'm talked out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, sorry, I was going back and saw the Liberty Dude was in the chat room talking about South Park stated uh, pretty cool to have quick turnaround. But you are. But if you are too far ahead of the complete news might lead to regrets. I think the only thing South Park regrets is the fact they made Mr. Garrison an analog for President Trump because now they can't use him as much as they want to anymore. I honestly yeah. think that's the only thing they've ever come out and be like, well, damn, we shouldn't have done that. <laughs> well. Well, so I think I've given you guys some content. <laughs> I think I filled your running time. Uh, who wants to take over next? Well, guys, look at the time. It is time for us to start wrapping up this installment of the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast. But before we wrap up, we do have a segment we do each week. It's called What I'm Into. It's our chance to share with you guys who are watching live or listening at a later date just what kind of geeky and or nerdy things we've been getting into. <laughs> So that you might want to go, I don't know, check them out yourselves. And I'll start things off for us this week because with the holidays and everything, I haven't had as much time to do with what I would like, but I've still put in far too much time into Pokemon Sword. When I saved my game to come downstairs today, I saw that I was up to a little over 24 hours played in the game. And I'd only been up to like, I don't know, three as of last Sunday when we recorded this podcast. So Put a bit of time in there. Uh, some kudos to one Willie Nelson, even though he's not here with us. He did trade some Pokemon with me and gave me the other two starters. 
So I was able to grind those up, and I have all three starters up to level 30 right now, which is pretty delightful and makes for some easier times doing some of the gyms. Other things I've been getting into, uh, got caught up on The Mandalorian. We talked about that a little bit. Uh, I did do Black Friday shopping, but it was down to three items. I got two pairs of socks, two pairs of socks because they were half off <laughs> and they were uh, video game appropriate for work. And I bought Anthem for $5 in the promise that maybe it'll give me, <laughs> Bioware will take that money to give me a game that I really want. Uh, all joking aside, there, there's a lot of rumors going on, right, going around right now that they've canceled the DLC plans to kind of rescope and redo what they have to make it into a better game. So this is a $5 investment into seeing Wait, what did they you do buy it on Xbox or PS4? Xbox. So you can't even play it with me. I don't have PS4 online. <laughs> I would have to subscribe to PS4 online if I bought that. That's the problem. He's getting lonely. He's getting lonely. I'm one of only 30 people in the world that Twitch streams Anthem anymore, and you couldn't even join me on PS4 to play some Anthem. Well, God damn it, Chris. I will go and buy it on PS4 if someone wants to pay for my PlayStation Network subscription. Yeah, she's called your wife. Tell her you need a PS Plus, yeah. and you want that this year for Christmas. Oh, and the Good. other thing I did get during Black Friday sales was I bought it online is I bought my wife a remote starter for her car because it was on sale for $250 with free installation. However, comma, the quickest I can get her car in to get that installed is January 4th with the free installation. So <laughs> evidently everyone's buying those damn things up. And I guess the final thing that I got into is I really wanted to go see Ryan Johnson's movie Knives Out. It just came out on Thanksgiving. My wife and I went yesterday. It's kind of a whodunit type of movie. It, a lot of people compared it to Clue. They actually make fun of Clue at one point in time with some fun with an aside to it. It is a really good movie. I thought I knew who did it, and then it twisted around, and I was sort of right, I realized at the end. But it's a really good whodunit movie with a mystery. Uh, Daniel Craig having a southern accent. It's, it's really mind-boggling. It's some KFC bullshit, I think, is what they refer to it in the movie as at one point uh -huh. in time. Chris Evans' character, I believe, is the one that refers to it as KFC bullshit. It's also delightful <laughs> to see uh, America's ass be an asshole to everyone in the movie because uh, Chris Evans' character, he's not a good dude. He's introduced as an asshole to everyone, and he lives up to that hype. And at one point, his family's all pissed off. And he's like, eat shit, eat shit, eat shit, you eat shit. And I'm just like, yep. oh, my God, this is amazing. So if you want a good mystery whodunit kind of movie, go see Knives Out. Do not get any spoilers. Don't ruin it for you. It's a phenomenally fun movie. The cast is fantastic. There's not a bad actor in there. I just had a blast seeing it. It's a little over two hours long. and We got out and I was like, holy crap, that feels like it flew. I'm like, no, we were in there because of previews for about two hours and 40 minutes. And I was like, this was so much fun. So seriously, go see it. If you don't like Ryan Johnson because of Last Jedi, this is nothing in common with The Last Jedi. So just put that out of your mind. It's just a fun twisty turny movie and he was asked in an interview ryan johnson if he was considering turning into a franchise or anything like that and he goes i don't know if i could get uh daniel craig to come by every two or three years and affect a crazy accent <laughs> and just do a series awesome. centered around his detective that'd be kind of fun so yeah it, it's it's delightful there like i said not a bad actor in there everyone was fun and i just had a blast with it so go see knives out yeah, there's a reason when there's a reason when Chris Hemsworth was saying he wanted to start a remake of the Three Amigos with him, Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans. I'm like, here, take my wallet, give me back how much I should have. No shit, I'd watch the hell out of that. <laughs> that would be I would awesome. Pay, I would pay just to watch the outtakes. <laughs> Man, the best thing to come out of that Ghostbusters movie is it proved Hemsworth is a funny dude and should do comedy whenever he wants to. No. Yeah. 
And then Taika Waititi's like, hey, Chris Hemsworth's funny. Let's make a Thor movie funny. And then everyone's like, holy crap, Thor can be funny. Uh, yeah. Yes. That Ghostbusters movie, you can dog on it however you want, but it did one thing, which is cement the fact that Chris Hemsworth is a hilarious dude. Yes. Well, he's a great comedic actor. Not just a hilarious dude. He's a yeah. great comedic actor. Because that was him playing a role. He's definitely not that stupid in real life. That was some good acting. He played a, a slab of meat. <laughs> He's that a, made he's it a, hilarious. He's also a great guy. When he got his uh, when he got his first check from Thor, first thing he did was he bought his parents a house. Yeah, he pays yeah. the taxes, he pays the bills, and stuff. You know, so my dad is like, he charges a hundred bucks for an autograph. I'm like, he does good with the money. I got no problem supporting that. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I have no this problems whatsoever with Chris Hemsworth. This isn't like Kylie Jenner, where people were sending her money so she could be the youngest billionaire ever. That was this is such uh, bullshit. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, it's like, yeah, we got people starving in the streets. We got kids who need homes. We got our infrastructure. People in Flint don't have water, but we're going to give our money to this uh, to this arrogant bitch who makes who makes makeup kits and claims that she was never given anything. Uh, right? Yeah. 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 But that's what I've been getting into. And I will probably go back upstairs after this podcast and play more Pokemon while watching football because I'm productive like that. That's what Sundays are for. Sunday. Uh, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, chance there you're watching the Bears then, but they played on Thursday. They did, and I got some good fantasy points out of them because fantasy football playoffs are coming up, baby, and I'm making a push to the number one seed. Oh, I am. I, I, I'm waiting for the. I'm waiting for the Bungles to do the ultimate tank and go zero for the season. Oh, it's gonna be awesome if they do. Then they'll get Joe Burrow, <laughs> though, who's a decent quarterback. You could have fooled me. And this has been NFL Talk on the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast. This is called Pete Doesn't Even Know About Football, and even he can see that team is terrible. (laughs) Uh, Peter, I was going to say, what have you been getting into, sir? Aside from joining us last second because you were thankfully free. (laughs) Well, uh, on Thursday, I go by my teacher's house uh, for Thanksgiving. She's got a bunch of kids running around and stuff like that. And because it's Thanksgiving, that means that it is technically the start of the Christmas season. It was it was towards the end of the day. So I pulled out my copy of Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas to watch. And the kids found it fascinating. And so um, there's a YouTube channel, Defunct TV, and they did a four-part special on the life of Jim Henson. And I put it on, and Ooh. they watched. That's they didn't awesome. run around. They didn't talk. They just sat there as the story of this genius unfolded before them. That's Jim Henson for you. He's not even here, and he's still teaching the kids. So I got to, so I got to share, uh, I got to share a moment of genius, and I'm very happy about that. That's neat. And, That's cool yeah, when you can connect with the younger kids and be like, "Here, this is great. You're going to love this." And they're just like, Psh, "Yeah, right." Well, and yeah, it's like the, it's like. Well, I mean, kids like puppets, but they weren't expecting, especially because if you think about it, Emmett Otter, is really not something. Emmett Otter is actually kind of depressing because of the environment he lives in. I mean, you can tell Jim Henson came from Mississippi. You know, the big thing is a talent show where they can win 50 bucks. So it's actually actually sad, but at the same time, it's still uplifting. It's got that optimism that Henson had so much of. And it's, and it's just amazing that something that seems like that seems so nightmarish can be so wonderful. So like Mm. I said, that's the genius of Henson. You you won't see. I mean, people nowadays they try to make Christmas stuff. They make stuff like Jingle All the Way, which is about consumerism and buying things. You don't see them trying to come up with these quiet moments 
where people are are being human. So, it, like I said, Henson will forever rule. And then I had work on Friday. I was off yesterday. I slept for about uh, 14 hours. And now I'm up and moving today. You guys are actually kind of lucky you caught me up. <laughs> <laughs> Literally woke up just a little while ago and I am, oh, the show's coming on. Okay. <laughs> Filled up my filled up my glass with tea and I started and started watching and that's where everything uh, hit the fan. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I got to share a moment of pure genius and introduce them to a visionary. So that's what nice. I'm getting into. That's awesome. That I think you win what I'm getting into unless Bach. Well, I don't know. Bachman was getting a prop, so Bachman might be winning mm. when I say Bachman. What you've been getting into? <laughs> uh, I'm getting into enjoying my uh, Mandalorian Fridays, uh, keeping up with the uh, the Mandalorian episodes as they post on. Uh, Disney Plus and actually enjoying the hell out of the world according to Jeff Goldblum like him getting to turn his just his nerdy curiosity up to like 12 and then doing those episodes has been super fun to watch um, I also went and saw Knives Out last night um, Yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis, Michael Shannon Daniel Craig, Chris Evans the whole cast is just spectacular and yeah like this is the perfect I will not be type typecast as Captain America you will see me as an actor role for him to follow up all the 10 years in the MCU this was like the perfect film cuz yeah that scene where he sits there and tells everybody in his family to eat shit that is not Steve Rogers. Well, I did also enjoy, and I pointed out to my wife, I said, there was even a moment in there for you that you would like, because he has a couple of moments where he works his jaw like you saw Captain America do at Endgame when he's just kind of uh, sitting there. Yeah. I was like, that's for you, because some ladies love that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> my wife yeah, is one he, of them. <laughs> he still looks great. I mean, yeah. he's still Chris Evans. But yeah, he, it, it was a fantastic a sweater, film. man. He can rock yeah. a sweater. He, he does a cardigan. He makes a cardigan work. But yeah, uh, like Chris said, it's a fantastic film. Um, for those that don't know, before The Last Jedi, Ryan Johnson did a couple of awesome things like uh, Brick and, uh, wait, he did Looper too, right? Wasn't that his? Yes. Like, the dude's an amazing director. So this is him back to pure form. It's an incredibly well-written movie and an, inc an incredibly well-designed and plotted out film. Like, start to finish, the whole thing's great. And it's just, it's a joy to watch. It's super fun. And yeah, it's, you really want to see it before somebody spoils it for you. Cause it is one of those movies that once you know the ending, you're going to want to wait a couple years before you watch it again. Cause it's not like a immediate rewatch, but yeah, it's, it's really well done. Super fun. And then yeah, I've been playing a little bit of apex, a whole bunch of dead by daylight, trying to get through the challenges now that they've uh, done some updates on them and then, uh, hit the, um, uh, black Friday Christmas sale at my local comic book store. Because they had a couple items on sale, and so picked up a couple of uh, Funko Pops, and uh, my lady friend put a new Funko Pop in front of my television for when we watch The Mandalorian on Fridays. We now have a Mandalore to watch it with, who <laughs> now sits in front of my TV, and I love it too because I noticed specifically they don't have either of the pauldrons done in the Durastil yet. So this is literally episode one, previous to any changes to his outfit which means more than likely there's going to be four, five, six, seven different versions of that Funko Pop eventually as his armor changes. And then uh, I had to get myself one, which, spoiler alert, because toys love to spoil stuff, before um, the movie comes out, we already know from the trailers that he puts the helmet back together, but on the Funko Pop, he is known as Supreme Leader Kylo Ren. So he's got the helmet redone where he welded it back together with like red lines. So the helmet just looks cool as shit. But yeah, he is actually listed on the, the Funko Pop as Supreme Leader Kylo Ren. So he is now the leader of the First Order. 
yeah, that's what I've been getting into. Buying toys. I have my own thoughts in regards to going back to the helmet, but I'll wait until the movie comes out and then we can discuss them to see whether they fix that. The Funko Pop looks awesome and the way they yeah. merged it back together looks awesome. But as to whether it was needed or not, that is a separate conversation from when we get. Well, to in all fairness, he threw he broke it because he threw a hissy fit because Snoke smacked him around and called him a child and then he killed Snoke. So then why not put the helmet back? He thought it looked cool. The movie's all about <laughs> let the past die. <laughs> that's what the last movie was about and this new movie has nothing to do with the last movie yeah, it's this new movie looks like it's like hmm, let's ignore everything about last jedi that we can to try and finish exactly. the series i and re- reference I, everything we can from episode seven right <laughs> they're just doing it to appease the cosplayers the, uh, yeah. uh, when i was at c2e2 i saw a guy black cloak and stuff like that and i said so are you snape or are you supposed to be kylo ren and he said, Snape, uh, I said, how can you tell the difference? He says, look for a scar. I'm like, okay. <laughs> but Yeah, fair enough. No yeah, scar. Yeah. <laughs> One costume, but you can wear it twice. It's genius, I tell you. Yeah, that's pretty Yeah, genius, black bodysuit, black robe. Yeah, if you have dark hair, you're either Snape or Kylo Ren. Either one works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, unless you have the helmet or the scar. Oh, no. Can... If, if you have a stick, you're Snape. If you have a red stick, you're Kylo Ren. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that, that it's, makes it's perfect sense right stick. there. It's stick or red stick. It's stick or red stick. Well, I was looking into it because because uh, I was curious about. Okay, so my work had a had a costume contest, and the first time they had the costume contest, I lost. I wore my Starfleet uniform. Uh, th- th- it was two years ago, and when they did the costume contest, we had first of all we had a woman who came in in a chicken rider costume, uh, where the bottom half is a chicken and she's on it. But because I oh, worked yeah. with a bunch of degenerates, everybody got the obvious joke and they didn't let it rest the other was a guy who came in a 3d printed zentai suit of spider-man and uh he was well hung and you could tell oh so, that's not good <laughs> so between so between the cock rider and the spider bulge they decided last year no halloween costume contest they decided <laughs> to have it. well outcry was enough they decided to have it and they were like okay and they announced the halloween costume three weeks before ha- before halloween and I think it says something about me when they announce a contest in three weeks and all I do is open my closet. Let's see, which one of these do I want instead yeah. of having to make them? So I pulled out my diva because I figure if they're going to reject me, I'm going down in a blaze of glory. Mm-hmm. I don't want this to be like the Starfleet thing. I want it to be like this guy put a lot of work into it. He lost, but God damn it, he looks good doing it. And <laughs> I curb stomped everybody. I nice. won by unanimous vote. Nice. <laughs> So, so as a result, now I'm looking at, but the thing was, was that there was some confusion because like, who are you supposed to be? There were only a couple of people apparently who played Overwatch and recognized it. So I've Mm -hmm. been going over different things I could do. And one of the things I thought about, well, you could take that Kylo Ren and you could turn it into Reaper with just a little bit of work. And (laughs) it's either that I'm actually tempted to consider uh, Ezio from, from Assassin's Creed because I can make the cloak. Oh yeah. Yeah. That could be cool too. Yeah, I I made that uh, I made that Moon Knight. It's like, well, all I gotta do is just make it a little longer, and I can already do the big dramatic player. So going over my options on that score, but yeah, the the Kylo Ren thing. It's always interesting when you see somebody. It's like, okay, you're one of two people, and I don't want to guess which one you are because I might guess wrong and you might get pissed. Yeah, so right? <laughs> how can you not know who I am? It's uh, it was an innocent mistake, really. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's I, my, my one of my ex friends. His idea. Okay, I know I tend to frown a little bit on some cosplay, but people are having fun, so I don't fault it. But this guy, one year he went. To, one year he went to the con. Uh, 
let's see, I can't remember. It was a, it was a very basic gun. He went as a Wayland Utani employee on his day off. He was wearing jeans, a jean jacket, a Wayland Utani t-shirt, and a futuristic wristband around his wrist, and that was his costume. Uh, hmm. The first time the first time he cosplayed, he went as Dr. Gregory House. So he had on slacks of a sweatshirt from the university he went to, and that was it. And then the last time I ran into him, he was do- he was Doctor Johnny Fever from Saturday, uh, from uh, from uh, WKRP in Cincinnati. So black uh, a black rock and roll t shirt, jean shirt, and stuff like that. And he's actually standing next to me in my Doctor Strange. And like, see, I'm cosplaying too. I'm like, dude, this took me two months and 150 bucks to make, and you're standing here in that. I said, dude, you do bitch cosplay, and I walked away. <laughs> <from that. laughs> You know, it's like if you're having fun, it's one thing, but don't stand next to me when I put that much work into it with something you basically crawled through the dirty laundry to get and say, see, I'm just like you. No, no, you're not. I try to be open minded, but I do have my limits. And that's one. Right. (laughs) It's like at least put some effort into it. You know, it's like the people who go around putting on a fez and declare themselves the management doctor. It's like, no, there's more to it than that. Uh, I'm, I've seen people in like basketball jerseys and stuff like that, but they put on that fez and all uh, the fez and sometimes a mop. And it's like, I'm Matt Smith doctor. Really? <laughs> Come on. Mm-hmm. You know, enthusiasm is nice, but, you know, a, 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 a little effort is, is important. Exactly. Well, guys, that all being said, it is time for us to start, sh- start shutting this thing down as long as I don't slur through all of my words. A friendly reminder, we do stream this <laughs> show live every Sunday, 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central over on Geeks.Live. That is the official streaming home of the Gunna Geek Network. Uh, stay tuned because we haven't quite figured out our holiday schedule yet, so things may get thrown off a little bit near the end of the month. We'll let you guys know as we get closer to it. But that being said, before we shut this thing down, you guys have any final thoughts for us? This is the Jim, way. Jim Hansen, we miss you. This is true. We really do. True. We really, really do. Guess that being said, we're going to be getting out of here. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. And please send some positive thoughts to one Willie D. Nelson so that hopefully he starts feeling a little bit better because he looked like oh. poo. Heal up, Willie. Heal up, Willie. Bye. Thanks for listening to this brand new episode of the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast. Don't forget, we'll be back next Sunday live at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, over at live.atgnpodcast.com, channel 3 of the Alpha Geek radio app, and over at our network home at gunnageek.com slash live. If you have any feedback for the show, please contact us, atgnpodcast at gunnageek.com, on our hotline number at 304-806-ATGN, or even better, go to Twitter and send us a message at atgnpodcast. The music you've heard in this show is produced by Kevin McLeod and can be found at incompetech.com.